Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. So our conversation today will focus back in on the U.S. energy space as we will touch on everything from oil prices to investment themes to positioning within the space and more. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Jay Dobson, Energy MLP and Utilities Analyst for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Jay, welcome back. Good morning and looking forward to our conversation today. Hey, Dan. Thanks for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be back as always. Absolutely, Jay. Great to have you with us today. So, Jay, as I was going through my intro, I mentioned that in addition to MLPs and utilities, our listeners, our clients have known you over the years for covering those sectors. You recently assumed coverage of the U.S. energy sector this following the retirement of Nikki Decker. Nikki, our listeners, our clients know her very well, has been a valued and terrific partner over the years, and of course, we'll miss hearing from Nikki and working with her, though we're looking forward, Jay, to hearing your insights today on the U.S. energy space since having assumed that coverage. And I know recently, Jay, you authored your inaugural Energy Equity Preference List update as lead analyst for the energy sector. Within that piece, you do express a constructive, near-term performance outlook for the group against a backdrop of economic recovery and improving global oil demand. So maybe as a starting point, Jay, can you walk us through your current thinking there? Yeah, thanks, Dan. And just to sort of add on to what you said, you know, adding to my energy to my responsibilities for utilities and energy infrastructure, you know, made a lot of sense for CIO. And I'm obviously thrilled to put my three decades of experience to work looking at opportunities across the energy spectrum. You know, Nikki Decker has been a fantastic partner, so uh, she will be absolutely missed, but uh, we'll work hard to keep uh, our clients, uh, you know, sort of well-informed of what's going on in, in energy. But more directly to your question, you you are right. The, the recent report was my inaugural view of energy, but quite frankly, UBS's CIO view on the energy sector has not changed materially. We continue to believe the reopening of the economy and increasing vaccinations will drive strong oil demand growth, not only in the U.S., but globally, quite frankly, as international travel restrictions are lifted and economic activity improves. Our expectation for recovery in oil demand is the key driver of our moderately preferred view on U.S. energy equities. When we upgraded our sector view from neutral back in February, the early days of the COVID vaccine rollout, We had anticipated periods of price volatility for the sector in the near term as uncertainties regarding the pace of the COVID recovery were likely to develop. Now, as we approach the second half of the year, we are seeing much stronger and more consistent progress towards reopening as the virus appears to be under control in the U.S., Though we've continued to see some volatility in prices this month, our thesis is playing out as we had expected for energy equities. We continue to believe the energy sector will be one of the largest beneficiaries of the reopening, and we believe the sector's outperformance could become more consistent, quite frankly, over the next 6 to 12 months. All of this, uh, I would argue, is is supported by our positive view of, of crude oil prices. Okay, well, Jay, thank you for that backdrop and for expanding a bit on the factors that are driving your current thesis on the group. I do want to dive a bit deeper into equity valuations, get your thoughts on what the 
those valuations today are reflective of and what might be some notable risks to the group that investors within the space need to really be mindful of right now? Yeah, Dan, that's a really good question. You know, energy equities have outperformed the broader market significantly in the year to date. They're up over 45% on a, on a total return basis uh, over that same time frame. However, we believe investors need to bear in mind where energy equities are coming from. I mean, 2020 was just a disastrous year for the space, but really, since the collapse in oil prices in 2014 and 2015, energy equities have significantly underperformed the broader market, down over 50% cumulatively in a six-year period ended December 2020. So really, within that context, despite the recent outperformance, the stocks trade well below levels uh, seen at this time of year, just three years ago in 2018, even though oil prices are, are still slightly below mid-2018 levels. Uh, we would argue that the industry fundamentals and the oil market outlook are better today than they were three years ago, which is an important point. And while we acknowledge investor concerns regarding the longevity of the oil and gas industry as the world transitions away from fossil fuels, our selective approach focuses on those companies that are not only positioned to benefit based on our near-term view of the reopening, they're also ESG focused and will participate in the energy transition that is now underway and gaining momentum. So we expect select companies to remain major energy suppliers well into the future. Use of oil and gas is not going away. But just to finish up on valuation, using a discounted cash flow approach, we estimate that oil-levered energy equities currently reflect a WTI or West Texas Intermediate oil price in the low to mid $50 per barrel, which is well below the current spot price that is, you know, in and around the $70 level, depending upon the day you look at it, and perhaps as importantly, below the five-year futures price on the forward curve, which is in the mid-$50 per barrel level, uh, a price we've argued five years out is is equally as unrealistically low um, and should improve over time. So, Jay, I do want to run with oil prices for a few more moments. So, you do mention an expectation for further upside in the second half of this year. Now, this is building off the recent recovery-driven strength we've been witnessing, which seems evident every time I pay a visit to the pump. But what factors support that view of further upside in the second half of this year? Yeah, Dan, it's interesting. Year-to-date oil markets have moved from essentially balanced to undersupplied, thanks in large part to supportive policy from OPEC plus producers. Uh, U.S. producers have been disciplined. What that means essentially is their drilling capex has not increased with oil prices. Uh, Historically, they've done just the opposite and increased their drilling capex almost in lockstep with, uh, with oil prices. Looking ahead, the recovery-driven strength in oil markets will be driven by demand growth. We expect the oil market supply deficit to intensify as oil demand growth is expected to outpace supply growth over the next six months. We see oil prices supported as this occurs. We expect supply growth from OPEC Plus to meet this demand growth and support oil prices. Importantly, Dan, we do not expect a material amount of growth from U.S. oil producers in 2021. To all in, we see oil prices well supported in the current environment, and though commodity prices are always volatile, 
we see the path of prices over the next three to six months is higher. Jay, thank you for sharing your take on oil prices and what we can expect over the next three to six months. So I do want to pivot a bit and talk about some sector themes that I know we've had some dedicated conversations on these themes on prior podcasts. But within that most recent piece I cited at the top of the podcast, you do talk about some key sector themes that could influence the group's performance. So as a refresher, Jay, can you walk us through some near-term focuses of yours? Yeah, we, we identified these themes, Dan, at the beginning of the year. And, and I would argue thus far, we've seen evidence that you know all of them are, are progressing as we expected. I, I would note, just finishing our, our discussion on oil prices, you know, essentially all of these themes are in addition to our constructive outlook for oil prices. So I, I think when you look at it, all of these themes support improved performance for the U.S. energy sector. The first theme is capital discipline, uh, which will support higher free cash flow as oil prices rise. Uh, Essentially, capital discipline includes efforts by company managements to restrain capital spending, focus on higher return projects, and maximize return to stakeholders. Thus far, the discipline is intact and ongoing as, as we look across the U.S. producer markets. The second key theme is cash return to shareholders, and that's made possible by the higher free cash flow we just mentioned. Return of cash is something that investors in energy equities have been asking for, and this includes both higher dividends and, quite frankly, share repurchases. The third theme continues to be balance sheet repair. Uh, Now, for those companies that had to borrow cash just to get through 2020, most oil and gas companies, I would argue, added debt, as did refiners and and other subsectors of the energy space. Free cash flow this year will uh, be put towards debt reduction uh, and restoring financial health, essentially stronger balance sheets. I would argue the important point for investors is that as we look out to 2022, in many cases, leverage may end up being below the levels we've seen over the last several years. So, you know, not only do you see recovery, but actually a a structural reduction in leverage in the industry. The fourth theme, of course, is is merger and acquisition activity. We've seen a number of combinations announced over the last year. The industry has long been in need of consolidation in order to alleviate chronic overproduction. Now, at the same time, uh, I would argue in addition to overproduction, you know, the issue has been many of these operators lack size and scale needed to enjoy the economies of scale of of many of their largest counterparts globally. Uh, The only way to remedy this competitive disadvantage is essentially to combine or merge assets and become larger, more efficient companies. Not only will this improve their competitive positions, but should also help restore the fundamental health of the U.S. oil and gas industry, in part because supply growth would occur at a more measured pace within these larger companies. And the final theme we ha- have been tracking is, is an increased emphasis on, on ESG. I, I would argue this is largely driven by investors, but this has become an increasing priority for energy companies. Uh, we note that U.S. oil and gas companies have stepped up their ESG initiatives and have been proactive in establishing long-term net zero goals. Uh, a main near-term priority is reducing carbon emissions from their own operations. This includes curtailing methane, emissions, and and reducing flaring. 
so we see the U.S. oil and gas industry as a large part of the solution in the global battle against climate change and, and reducing CO2 emissions. And, and I think this is interesting because I think a lot of people believe, um, you know, this is somewhat counterintuitive, but I, I would argue a number of these companies are, are likely in the CSG context to be more a part of the solution, quite frankly, than uh, uh, perceived a part of the problem. There is certainly a lot there to track, though, Jay, thank you for breaking down for us those five key near-term focuses. I will point out to our listeners, our clients, you can read further into those five near-term focuses within Jay's Energy Equity Preference List update. Again, that was authored on May 25th, available on UBS.com forward slash CIO. And within that piece, Jay, you also spent some time talking about some longer-term themes that you are tracking. So can you take a couple of moments to walk us through those? Yeah, Dan, energy transition. Uh, I mean, within the context of of ESG initiatives, sort of what we were just talking about, the main long-term theme and perhaps the only one that investors are focused on is the energy transition. Now, elements of this theme can take several different forms that will help move towards a low-carbon energy future. This would include electric cars and energy efficiency, But for energy suppliers, the main focus is on production of clean energy. And there is an increasing number of promising but still emerging renewable technologies that may help to diversify our energy base and provide clean energy options. These would expand the scope of clean energy development well beyond power generation, which I would argue is sort of the low-hanging fruit or the easy uh, conversion or transition to make. This is absolutely critical towards achieving total and complete energy transition over the long term. And again, Dan, many of the larger, stronger oil and gas operators have been researching new technologies and will continue to work towards their commerciality, most importantly on on an economic or affordable basis. Uh, larger energy companies will continue to enjoy the advantage of scale. And again, we see these companies remaining very competitive as global energy providers and contributing meaningfully to the transition. Hydrogen and carbon capture technologies are two of the er- areas we see uh, these energy companies very well positioned to advance economically. Well, Jay, the energy transition conversation is indeed an ongoing one. There's a lot there to follow up on, and perhaps in the not too distant future, we can follow up and have a more dedicated conversation on that longer term theme though thank you for the refresher there and Jay as we begin to close out today can you walk us through your current positioning recommendations and sector preferences as it pertains to U.S. energy? Yeah absolutely Dan because this is where the rubber hits, hits the road if you will so again we have a moderately preferred view of the U.S. energy sector based on our positive outlook on oil for the next 6 to 12 months uh, many of our listeners may they say, okay, what exactly does that mean? This essentially advocates for an overweight allocation to energy equities within the context of a diversified equity portfolio. As for the equities, we maintain a selective approach within the sector focusing on high-quality, and financially strong industry participants. These companies are best positioned to endure periods of volatility in oil prices over the long term and are able to enhance shareholder returns through dividends and buybacks, in our view, again with a focus on that capital discipline we talked about a moment ago. 
Our preference is for the oil-focused producers within the energy exploration and production subsector. We also favor integrated oils for their relatively more stable income streams and cash flow made possible by their very large, diverse business portfolios. We're neutral on the more volatile refining and oil field services subsectors, though we do see select investment opportunities in both. And perhaps importantly, we would avoid offshore drillers for now. What what I would point out on refiners is they would be key beneficiaries of a recovery in uh, gasoline and jet fuel demand. So definitely one area to look at as we oversee uh, sort of the improvement of of demand. But again, uh, we have a moderately preferred view of the U.S energy sector, Dan. Well, Jay Dobson, very productive conversation this morning. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, there's a lot there we can follow up on, though. Thank you for your time, your insights today and walking our clients, our listeners through your current thinking on the space, oil prices and sharing your guidance when it comes to positioning. And again, congratulations on your expanded capacity with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Looking forward to more conversations, Jay. Thank you again for your time today. Appreciate it. Look forward to working with you in this expanded role. Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. And again, today we've been joined by Jay Dobson, Energy MLP and Utilities Analyst Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. Now, these resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Now, that includes the publication that Jay Dobson has been making reference to during our conversation today, U.S. Energy Equity Preference List Update, which was authored on May 25th. So for clients of UBS, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more or receive a copy of that publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 